from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel, and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind-the-scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a hoop. all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven foot hoop. Yeah, listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Glory Adam, host of Well Read Black Girl. 
each week, we journey together through the cultural moment where art, culture, and literature collide and pay homage to the women whose books we grew up reading. It's the literary kickback you never knew you needed. Listen to Well-Read Black Girl on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Ed Helms, and I played Andy Bernard on The Office. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. This is The Office Deep Dive. And as always, I'm your host, Brian Baumgartner. And guess what? That was my mouth. Today is the day. Actually, today's actually the day for a few things. But first up, I, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to tell you that my new book that I know I've been talking about for weeks now is finally out. And how about that? Just in time for the holidays. Who could have guessed that? So head on over to Amazon or Barnes and Noble or Books a Million, wherever it is that you get your books and grab your very own copy of Welcome to Dunder Mifflin. And while you're at it, grab a copy for your mother, your sister, all your friends, anyone in your contacts list. You will not regret it. All right. Now, I also have another big announcement to tell you about at the end of this episode. So make sure you stay tuned after the interview and and find out what in the world that could be. Trust me, it is good. And lastly, what you all came here for, my very special guest that is returning for part two of our conversation, the Nard Dog himself, Ed Helms. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you go and listen to part one, but then come right back here because I've been saving the best for last. Yes, that's right. The last, I'm starting to wrap up the interviews, which I know is very bittersweet, but the good news is over the next few weeks, you are going to hear a few of my very favorite episodes with some of my favorite guests, and you also may hear some of yourself. But that being said, today's interview truly is, it is, it's one of my favorites because you get to see Ed in a different way, right? Ed is known uh, for playing these kind of loud, bumbling, I mean, hilarious, but maybe uh, slightly obnoxious characters, right? But Ed himself is just, he is so not that. I mean, he is hilarious and, and he's a comedy nerd. We talk about that, but today what you're going to get to see is a very sweet, thoughtful side of Ed because that's who he is. And I'm, I'm not going to lie. Things get a little emotional. So here he is the incomparable Mr. Ed Helms. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. Bubble and 
You said you were a comedy nerd. What what was it about The Office when you started initially watching it that you felt like you were seeing something different? What 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 was that? Well, I don't know why. I, I didn't I didn't even I wasn't able to sort of understand what I liked about it. But what I do think is kind of hilarious is that all of the awkwardness and the tension that we think is so funny, my, our parents' generation, especially as my, my Southern parents, like, you know, repression is a very powerful force in Southern families. And and that, the awkwardness is, is so intolerable. And even on The Daily Show, especially with the field pieces, the correspondent field pieces, it was all about finding extremely tense moments right and you know you we would revel in the awkwardness and try to foster awkwardness with people um because that tension is funny uh and that that's sort of my post-mortem analysis like i didn't quite i didn't i never understood that at the time and i couldn't understand why 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 our parents' generation didn't think The Office was funny. Like, well, how do you not get this? Right. But I understand now that, that um, because I think I've seen more extreme versions of it that make me uncomfortable at times. And I can see like, oh, it's just a, it's like calibrating, like what's right here. Right. Well, there's a number of fans who come up to me, huge fan, I'm the biggest fan of the show. I can't watch Scott's Tots. Like Scott's Tots oh, wow. somehow yeah. puts it over the line. Dinner party is sort of like the straddle, right. the straddling of yeah. the line. But Scott's Tots to people are like, no. And so I started to analyze like, well, why is that? And I think it's kind of what you were talking about, about The Daily Show, which was most of the cringy moments were happening to us, right? The office workers ourselves. Right, right. Whereas Scott's Tots suddenly was about these kids. Yeah. And that, that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to see, like, if your heroes are low status, the heroes of the, the show are low status, it's fun to see them squirm. But when you see, like, regular people squirm, and, and that's, on The Daily Show, you know, you, we would try to make the bad guy squirm, right? Whoever the villain of a piece, of a field piece was. But I don't know. Why is that funny? Why is squirming so funny? I mean, it, the, the the most extreme versions were all of Sasha Cohen's stuff, right? Sure. The Borat and the Ali G. Yep. It's it's a powerful it's 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 an incredible mechanism for satire, but it is it can be polarizing for sure. Yeah. Um when well, let me ask you this. Had had you done much physical comedy before the office? Like, did you feel like that was something that you did? Um, well, I did, I'd done a lot of improv, which okay. is obviously a lot of, um, you know, very broad physical stuff on stage. And I, you know, I started by doing stand-up in New York City. And I actually knew John Krasinski from that. He started by going to New York and kind of dipping his toe in the stand-up world. But we we were uh, acquaintances at back, back then. But... Uh, that's just a funny side note. What was I saying before? Oh, physical comedy. So in my stand-up, I kind of fancied myself like a, I don't know, like a sort of Sandlery or Brian Regan, like a perform, like someone who acted out his the, my bits. And so there was a lot of physicality there. And then The Daily Show, I think, 
part of what was fun about that was being a very stuffy reporter, but breaking that mold in ridiculous ways, sometimes physical. And so I don't right. know. Oh, did you really sing acapella at Oberlin? Um, I did. There was a group called the Oberlin Obertones. There is, I should say, a group called the Oberlin Obertones. And I was in that group for one semester my freshman year. Or no, maybe it was my it was f- spring of my freshman year and fall of my sophomore year. And then and then I didn't do it anymore. Was that a joke that you pitched them no. about Andy? Or that was just no, coincidence? That's, yeah, that was uh that I think was something that, you know, there was a little bit of Harvard writers you, you like using Cornell as a punching bag, right? That's that's a little bit of what was going on with Andy. Right. Greg being Harvard and Mike Schur and a, and a couple others. But uh, I had no baggage with Cornell, but I still just loved the, I don't know, it seemed like a fun thing to make fun of. And so the acapella character trait was, that just was, he was endowed with that in the writing process. And, but it is something that I understood implicitly. And I got, acapella is such a, this is such an interesting art form because it is so fun to do, but it is kind of excruciating to watch or listen to or listen to. I, I, and I, I mean, no disrespect to acapella uh, aficionados out there. I just because my own relationship with it is complex. I have a love hate thing. And I think especially in college acapella groups, there's a strong association with kind of a, a very clicky, smug arrogant vibe right it's almost like a like certain preppy fraternities or something and even though the oberlin obertones were actually not like that at all there's really no part of oberlin that's preppy and um it's something that made sense and and it really informed andy in lots of ways that the creation of andy's profile was one of the most thrilling creative endeavors of my life because you know, if it was the acapella thing, I would just start singing on set at wrong times. And then the writers would see that and be like, oh, that's fun. And then they'd write in more singing. And that's just one example. There were so many little details that started to kind of slot in like a Tetris game about who Andy was. And it was this feedback loop. And Mike Schur in particular had a real shine for Andy. And we just had so much fun. Like I- From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. I would go up to the writer's room and just joke around with Mike about who Andy is and what made us laugh about him. And that was another thing that I think made The Office so special is that the the collaboration between the writers and the cast was next level, right? I mean, there were cast members that were writers to begin with, but then I always felt like the writer's room was an open door and that when the writers were on set, it was always a conversation like what, like how do we have more fun with this character or what, what can we come up with? And oh, everyone was open-minded and that it's that kind of best idea wins mentality that leads to great stuff. Yeah. I agree with you a thousand percent. And Greg told me that he wanted that opened up as a workshop for the writers actually, because he believed that the comedy in the show was so much about behavior Mm. and you can't write behavior. Wow. Yeah. And so, well, in the beginning you can't right until you get to know a character. Right. But yeah, you're so right. There's a famous episode of friends in which they start making fun of the way that Chandler talks, like the cadence of his speech. And it's one, it's a favorite episode. It's extremely funny, but it is, it, it's something that could not have been written In season one, it's something that everyone started to understand implicitly. And it took a writer being like, that's funny. Like, that's a really specific, funny thing about Chandler. And if the other characters clock it, we can write to it. But that's really cool to hear. I didn't know that, but you're you're so right. I mean, for Greg to be ahead of that, writing always gets better on a TV show as the writers learn the behavior of characters. But to start with that, ethos of like we are behavior forward that's awesome yeah Craig's awesome Craig is awesome <laughs> it's a hard time for hiring so you need a hiring partner built for hard times that's indeed if you're hiring You need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. 
With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash Office Deep Dive. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment, from DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal. I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in-depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you. Interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business? Not really sure about how taxes or credit work? We got it all covered. The Earn Your Leisure podcast is available now. Listen to Earn Your Leisure on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the creator of The Bright Sessions comes a new fiction podcast for all ages. Jump back to 1997 and follow Maxine Miles as she starts high school in the picturesque town of Hastings, New Hampshire. Fall is the season in which this small town shines. Apple cider, pumpkin patches, farmer's markets. It's idyllic for adults and boring for Max. But suddenly, Max's school year starts to look a bit more interesting when a fellow student vanishes. With the help of her misanthropic classmate, Ross, Max starts to look into the disappearance. Her investigation draws her deep into the dark woods around Hastings and even deeper into the secrets and lies that course through the veins of this sleepy town. This new YA mystery from writer-director Lauren Shippen is an audio drama with heart and wit that involves the audience in a way no fiction podcast ever has. Listen to Maxine Miles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Changing gears a little bit, Mike Sure talked specifically about you during the writer's strike and coming out to the picket line that was happening and what a difference that made for them as they were having a difficult emotional time picketing their own show. Do you recall anything about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, I just remember everyone felt a lot of tension. Like, am I a part of this fight or am I, you know, obviously I support the writers, but I'm, but there's some, it's scary a little bit. Like it just felt so baffling. And I think in hindsight, I've, I really appreciate what, how courageous that was. And yeah, there were a bunch of, I, I, there were a bunch of 
picket lines. I, I remember going to the the first day was on our little lot up yes. in Van Nuys, right? Yeah, it was just our writing staff. Yes, and um, they said they were confused about what where they should go, and there were things about going to Paramount or going to Universal, right? And, they thought, well, that's not where we work. This is where we work yeah. here. So yeah. they they went on their own there, right? And then over the next over the subsequent weeks, there were lots of demonstrations at the studios. Like at, I remember going to Universal Studios. There was a big one on the Avenue of the Stars. Like they took over the whole that whole block in Century Sit in Century City, the giant march. But that was a crazy, crazy time. Yeah. I remember it was all very confusing because ultimately the actors supported what the writers were doing and the writers were in a way, they were fighting the fight for all artists. Absolutely. But at the same time, I remember talking to my representation and going like, well, what, you know, and they said, well, you, you know, you have to show up. Like you can't not show up. Yeah. And, you know, some of the writers have talked about it was, Steve not showing up and apparently he got calls from the network executives and lawyers oh, and God. was told you have to show up, show up to work, to work, not to the picket. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. 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 To show up to work. Yeah. And he just said, no, what yeah. are you going to do? Fire yeah. me. How long the strike was three, a hundred days, three months, a little yeah. over three months. Yeah, I, I it's and you know since then I've been uh th in so many different parts of this industry now on different sides of things and and you know unions are complicated but they are so necessary. They're just the ultimate bulwark against I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. 
Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Exploitation. And not to get political here, but it just, like, being on the front lines of that and and there were a handful of showrunners that really led the charge and took strong positions and greg was super inspirational through all that greg's a soft-spoken guy but he is tough yeah you know like he's he's tough he fights for and stands by what he believes mm-hmm. he and, and in the case of the writer's strike that was about principle and what was right or wrong and yeah, it's good to be on Greg's side. <laughs> it's always good to be on Greg's side. Yes. Um, do you remember <clears throat> your impression when you heard Steve was leaving? I guess maybe more, were you afraid that the show couldn't survive? Or were you confident that it could go forward? I think I felt pretty confident that the show could morph into a different thing. And I just had so much confidence in Greg and in the writing staff. And there had been, there were so many experiments that we all kind of went through narratively on the show that sometimes they worked and sometimes they didn't. And and if they didn't, you just would kind of, it would veer away from that thing. And uh, it seemed like there would be like, if anybody can do it, it's the office writing staff. Right. You know, I mean, that's not to diminish the, unimaginably massive blow that his departure is right. was but i uh i think that the show felt bigger than any one person at that point if that's if that makes sense 100 percent. yeah it is though a credit to you i mean much like steve with 40 year old virgin part of the way into your time on the office you became a giant movie star too with The Hangover. And I think you deserve a lot of credit for that, for not only staying around, but being energized and continue to work on your character and on the show with great integrity. Thanks. That's very that's very kind of you. Um, I just love The Office. I, I And I kind of never wanted it to end. Uh, and I loved... I think loving the office really is about just loving the people and loving that cast and crew and it really feeling like a family and just wanting to step up and deliver for everybody's sake all the time. You know, shooting those movies was often exhausting because it was concurrent with the office. I don't think a lot of people know or understand quite how crazy some of that was, but I was shooting cross-boarded episodes, meaning like I would do two days on the office. I was shooting the office Monday and Tuesday and then the hangover Wednesday through Sunday. <laughs> it's insane. I mean, that was crazy. And then a lot of the hangover stuff was nighttime. So I just was like a zombie, um, but it was so fun. And no one ever, I never felt kind of judged or, or slighted by anyone. I felt fully supported. 
And I, I just, I knew that if I slipped or, or didn't, uh, wasn't there a hundred percent for everybody else, then I had no right to be doing, going off and doing these movies. I had to show up for the office and still be fully present and a hundred percent. And it helped that, that I, that it's so fun. I mean, I keep going back to that. It was just the only way I could do that was because the hangover was fun, but the office was fun. And the office was the thing that I knew and I loved. And I knew I wanted to do right by the office always. Yeah. Did you feel like it was the right time to end after season nine? I, I think so. Um, <clears throat> I mean, at that point, I think my, my disposition had shifted a little bit. I was starting to look at bit the bigger picture of my life and career and, and my personal goals. And I think, you know, candidly, there were some ways that Andy, there are just some storylines there towards the end that, that confused me a little bit. And I wasn't as, I just didn't feel like this is the same thing that I loved as much, if that makes mm. sense. Not the show, but just sort of what, in particular, kind of some of what Andy was was doing and or going through. And um, I, I just there was sort of a shift happening, I think, in my life and in my my emotional state at the time. And so it felt it actually felt like a a reasonable place to wrap up. I think in it. It's hard to remember how exactly how I felt, but it's been a long time. Yeah. Hi, I'm Glory Adam, host of Well Read Black Girl. Each week, I sit in close conversation with one of my favorite authors of color and share stories about how they found their voice, honed their craft and navigated the publishing world and composed some of the most beautiful and meaningful words I've ever read. We journey together through the cultural moment where art, culture, and literature collide and pay homage to the women whose books we grew up reading. And of course, I check in with members of the Well-Read Black Girl Book Club. It's the literary kickback you never knew you needed. And you're all invited to join the club. So tell your friends to tell their friends so we can be friends who love books. Listen to Well-Read Black Girl on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Emmy Olea. On this podcast, I'm taking you on a search. A search for love. Emmy, 24, hardworking Latina, seeks cool, down-to-earth guy. Swipe, swipe, swipe. It's hard out there for a girl. To find Mr. Right, I've had to meet a lot of Mr. Wrongs. He'd invite me over to have dinner with his family. I knew he didn't tell them that I was transgender. Dating as a trans woman can be complicated, but there were other reasons I felt like I couldn't always be myself. He's asking me things about my family. Like, my mom's in prison. My grandmother was arrested for working with the Mexican drug cartel. This is Crumbs, my love story. It's a show about the things we settle for and the bits of ourselves that make us who we are. 
Listen to Crumbs as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jake Halpern here. If you've ever wondered what it's like to make a true crime podcast like Deep Cover, well, now's your chance to find out. Join me and my friend Dana Goodyear, who's the host of Pushkin's Lost Hills podcast, on March 16th for a digital conversation on true crime storytelling. We'll talk about how we make our stories dramatic and accurate and how we navigate all the ethical dilemmas that we face in the process. Get your tickets now at momenthouse.com backslash D-C-L-H. That's momenthouse.com slash D-C-L-H. I... I'm trying to unpack, like, why is The Office the most watched show in television now, five years later? Like, wh- what, wh- what are the reasons? And I think that there's a chance. Well, I recently went back and watched it. And the, whole, it the whole series? The whole series. Wow. And it doesn't feel dated. And I started thinking, like, why? And I, the, the only answer that I can come up with is a documentary can never feel dated. Hmm. Because it's taking a snapshot of what was actually happening. Right. At this specific, you don't look at a documentary about the 70s and go, oh, well, that's dated. Yeah, you're right? right. You're just looking at that time. You're right. And um, the, the, also the subject matter being a, an office that is not at the forefront of fashion or technology, all those things, you know, like uh, a movie like Devil Wears Prada, which is so stylish and it's an amazing movie, but it will, you'll feel when it was made because of all those cues. But you take a a world like Dunder Mifflin and those people and those props and those sets, like they're, those are things that would not change in that space for 20 years, right? Right. Like it would look the same over a long period of time. 100%. Why do you think the show, we kind of talked about this, but why young people have responded so much to the show, given that it has to do with basically middle-aged office workers? Yeah. Like what? Well, uh, you know, we get asked this question all the time, any talk show, whatever, it's the most common, and at and, and, our dinner party, wherever I am, I feel like people ask me this all the time, and I'm like, I don't know, ask the kids. <laughs> They're the ones who love it. Um so, uh, but it, we're left to just speculate and, um, and I, I have lots of theories. I'm sure like you do. Um, I think the simplest version is the same reason that I loved Saturday night live when I was a kid and I wanted to be on it. That, that was like the thing that drove my entire life was wanting to be on Saturday night live as a, as a young person. And the reason I loved it so much from such a young age, I started watching it when I was eight. And what was so intoxicating to me, even though I didn't even get the jokes half the time, they clearly were having so much fun. There was something you could tell Eddie Murphy was in the zone, right? And I just loved that. And I, that was something that I sought my whole career and still do. And, and I, 
And I think the office is one of those rare places where a lot of the time that whole cast is in the zone, right? There's even the, even when the scenes are small and there's, and the performances are small and the, the dialogue is intimate or whatever, it felt, it felt so fun and special to be there and be a part of it. And at some level that comes across, right? There's some way that I think audiences just clock that in the same way that I did as a little kid watching Saturday Night Live. And I, I, I think that's a huge part of it. I also think that there are some contextual things like it's a fishbowl, it's a, it's a bullpen, it's mundane, it's gettable, it's understandable. It's like, and the people in that office go through so many things, but you never question whether or not they're going to be there the next day. You never question whether or not they kind of love each other still. <laughs> you know, there's right. something, there's something I think that makes people want to be a part of that Dunder Mifflin family when they watch it because it's, it's just comfortable. Um, as awkward as the dialogue is and as, as much tension as there was at different times in the stories, there, there's a sense of, belonging that everyone in that space had and everyone had a role and it was predictable and characters behavior was predictable and understandable. And I just, I think that's, um, takes a long time for a show to get there and thank God the office had that breathing room to find that. But when a show does like cheers or taxi, you just love to hang out with it and be in that space. Yeah. What are you most thankful for? Oh man. Um, it's, it, it's so abstract, but it's like, um, um, I, I, <laughs> The whole thing. Yeah. Um, uh, the, my last line that I said on the show, um, it, it really resonates, you know, it's like those were, those were good old days for sure. Yeah, it's crazy. I, um, I don't even remember how long ago it was now, but I saw you post a photo of me and you and John and Rain. I think at a Golden Globes. We're all like in our tuxes. Mm -hmm. And you put that quote. And it's hard to describe or put yourself back there, but it was just like, it's just one of those instantly like hits you in the chest in a way. Yeah. There are just so few times in life when, when you just feel unburdened by a lot. And when there were so many times during the, the office that I just remember driving to work at five in the morning with a 
cup of coffee. So psyched. Right. And that that feeling of just being psyched to go to work, being psyched to go uh, to events with my castmates, to go hang out, get drinks with some writers, whatever. I just was psyched a lot during that <laughs> whole time. And, and that's an elusive thing in life. You know, life's complicated and there are ups and downs. And most of the time we're kind of in the middle somewhere and there's things we're psyched about, but there's things we're, we're burdened by or scared of that are going on all the time. And at that time, I just remember being psyched a lot, <laughs> you know, like a lot of the time and hanging out at base camp in our trailers, just playing tunes with Creed or, to say, yeah. or just like hanging out with you, just talk, whatever gossip was going on, whatever right. it, it was, it's rare to feel like you're part of something special and uh, but boy, is it awesome when you do have that feeling. And that's, I think, what defined that whole time for me. It just felt special. Yeah. Well, Ed, thank you so much. Oh, my God. For thank coming you. in and talking. And uh, I just appreciate so much. Obviously, you and I have the longest history. history <laughs> I know. Anybody. <laughs> um, on the show and I, you know, I love you and I just, I so appreciate you coming in and, and talking about it for a little bit. Oh man. It's awesome. You, uh, yanked some heartstrings here that I wasn't expecting, Sorry. but I, I'm grateful for it. I love it. And I love you too. And that's Ed. That is Ed. And although on the day I didn't say to Ed that he yanked my heartstrings, uh, he did. And he always does. I remember when I called Ed about sitting down with me. And Ed was working on another project. At the time, he was incredibly busy. And he didn't, he not only said, yes, when would you like me to come in? But he said, yes, when would you like me to come in? And then we started talking stories. At one point I had to say, no, Ed, stop. No, wait, I want to, I don't have this. I'm not recording this right now. And I want to hear this spontaneously as you're remembering it. So let's, I love talking to you, but I'm going to stop talking to you now because I want to talk to you when I have a camera or when I have a, a, a microphone in front of you. Um, but his generosity, his heart, uh, his spirit, um, well, I hope you saw it because it's true. So thank you, Ed, for joining me and thank all of you for listening to me, <laughs> to me, to me and Ed. Uh, thank you. And now for the second big announcement. All right. So as you know, I have been interviewing the cast and crew of The Office, my office family, for the last couple of years now. And let me tell you, I never thought that I would be doing it this long, right? My original intention was to do the oral history and write the book, and that's it. But sharing these interviews with you has been truly the greatest joy 
of my life. Letting you get to know these actors and writers and makeup artists and stand-ins and directors that, that have so much to give and so much to tell, introducing you to the people who have inspired me, that for me is, is what it's all about. All right. So I, I keep getting questions like, Brian, when can you bring this guest on? Brian, when are you going to do this for other shows? Well, guess what, baby? We're coming back in 2022, and it is going to be bigger and, and better than ever. We're going to start at the top of 2022 with guest stars from The Office, people who are on just a few episodes, like the Will Ferrells and the Kathy Bateses, and, and then we're going to expand, and we're going to start talking about some of your other favorite shows. Think Modern Family, think Cheers, think Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, because those shows, well, they need love too. So stay with me here, same time, same place, same host, same feed, just <laughs> more guests. And, and I promise you this, you're going to have a fantastic time because when I have a good time, <laughs> you have a good time. Now, as for the name, it's going to be called Off the Beat. And here's the story behind that. I had a, a French director that I worked with for many years, Dominique Sarand. Shout out. And, and he, he taught me something, that, that comedy happens off the beat. And that's exactly the kind of conversation that I'm going to strive to have. One that happens off of the beat about what happens off camera in the moments between the stories, because that's the kind of stuff that I want to know about. So starting next year, you're going to hear a new iteration of this podcast. Let's call it version 2.0, because that's what everybody names things, 2.0. It'll be everything you loved about The Office Deep Dive and so much more. But before the new year, I want to hear from all of you, all right? I'm going to be doing a couple of very special call-in episodes where you get to guide the conversation. That's right. I want to hear your stories. How has The Office changed your life? Is there anything that you have been dying to let me know? Do you have any spectacular or spectacularly funny stories tied in with the show or run-ins with the cast or anything? Really, sky's the limit. I just want to hear what you have to say. You know, when I'm out in public, I often have people come up to me and tell me very, very hilarious or moving stories about their experience with the show. This is your opportunity to share those stories, not just with me, but, well, with everyone. So the best way to be featured on one of our call-in episodes is to use... Use the voice memo app on your phone, record your question or comment, and then email it to us at theofficedeepdive at gmail.com. That is theofficedeepdive at gmail.com. Make sure to include your name, where you're from, and then your question or comment. And don't forget to leave your number too, because yes, I am going to call a few of you back 
and have you on this show. All right, that's it. I've announced just about everything there is to announce. So uh, with that, I will say goodbye. Thank you so much again for listening and have a great one, everyone. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Tessa Kramer. Our producers are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. My main man in the booth is Alec Moore. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. I'm Joe Piazza, host of the podcast Under the Influence. If you tuned into our last season, you know that the world of mom influencers on Instagram contains multitudes. Yes, there are pretty pictures and gorgeous kids. And yes, there's lots of money behind a lot of those pictures. But there is also something much more dark and complicated going on in the background. And that speaks to everything that is wrong with how we treat women in the world. On season two of Under the Influence, we're advocating for the women who make content and the women who consume it. We're going into some of the darkest corners of the social media universe, and we might just have a plan to shut it all the hell down. Listen to season two of Under the Influence with Joe Piazza on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Look through your children's eyes, and you will discover the true magic of a forest. Find a forest near you and start exploring at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Arden Marine from Insatiable and the Will You Accept This Rose podcast. And I'm Julianne Robinson, an Emmy-nominated director of Bridgerton. And we are the hosts of Lady of the Road, a funny and inspiring podcast where we have conversations with influential women about their lives and we get self-help advice. Because we are always looking to improve ourselves. True story. We talk about money, health, relationships, you name it, from inspiring women like Joan Jett, Nicole Byer, Lauren Lapkus, Retta, and more. Listen and subscribe to Lady of the Road on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God. We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 